0: Welcome to Hope Ahead, A Journey of Infertility. My name is Naomi Ripstein.
1: And this is Ryan Ripstein.
0: And this is our story and struggle of trying to conceive.
1: We hope and pray that by sharing our experiences and trials, we will bring glory to God, awareness to infertility, and also be encouraging to others.
0: And just a reminder, this is our story and personal experiences. We are not offering medical advice.
1: Well, we hope you enjoy the discussion, and thanks for listening. hi welcome to episode 13 of hope ahead Woo. welcome back thanks for joining if you're listening in or watching for today we're going to talk about some follow-up stuff from the latest um, medical surgery mm-hmm. number one kind of exploratory stuff mm-hmm. kind of overview real quick and then uh, yeah we'll go from there yeah. so i guess we'll start us with a prayer opening prayer and we'll go from there okay Dear God, thank you for today Thank you for this opportunity to share um, our story and to just use that to glorify you, to glorify the things you're doing in our life, and um, just in an effort to point others towards you as well. We just pray for those listening and watching, uh, that you would speak to them, and our story would speak into their lives as well. Um, Just bless our time together, and bless this conversation. Amen.
0: Amen. Yeah, so as he was saying, you know, this is this episode is going to be following um, the first surgery that I had back in August, beginning of August 4th. Um, you know, we had a nice story this last time for episode 12 with our friend Priscilla, and so now we're kind of jumping back into our story. So um, essentially about two weeks after the first surgery, I had my follow-up with the doctor, and we you know we we told you guys about like what they found like in the sense both my tubes were partially blocked um there was endometriosis in two spots and then i also had pcos on both ovaries um and there was even some scar tissue i guess on my cervix from the leap that i had had as a procedure like a little over a year ago now Mm -hmm. so he kind of cleared that off so the only things he really took care of in this first procedure was he opened up my fallopian tubes Mm -hmm. and he cleared off that scar tissue. The stuff for the endometriosis and the PCOS is planned for the second surgery, which is actually a week from tomorrow. Yeah,
1: and that was mainly from what he said from the location of the endometriosis Just, it was more involved
0: yeah. yeah yeah sometimes they can do stuff in the first surgery but this yeah he needs a special robot he wanted to con- and, extra yeah. control
1: from the robot yeah. okay
0: so um but you know of course this is my chance to talk to the doctor and ask him all my questions because he only talked to mm-hmm. ryan following because i was still out of it mm-hmm. so um I go in there, you know, bring in the pictures and everything like that. I have my questions, and I'm by myself because Ryan, unfortunately, had to be out of the country. Um, He was working um, in India at the time, and so it was, unfortunately, not good timing for the appointment, but it is what it is. He was still available, thankfully, via the phone. Right, I was able
1: to call him by the phone. Yeah. like a speaker intercom yeah yeah yeah, just uh, to kind of listen in Mm
0: -hmm. so the nice thing was my doctor seemed very optimistic in the sense of what he found um didn't seem you know overwhelmed or surprised by what was there even though i'm of course a little disheartened i mean we'd always thought that endometriosis was a possibility but to be thrown with pcos (laughs) as well that was Quite the, a shock. Like follow the up things. And yeah. yeah. Like all. Of the and yeah. so, you know, and I asked some questions, and of course, I have some follow-up questions that I've tried to ask him, but hopefully, we'll be able to discuss after the second surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I did get a little emotional talking to him about, like, you know, I didn't really have these symptoms because, like I've mentioned before, us as women, we dismiss a lot of things that yeah. we have because we consider it normal passage of being a woman. It's just your cycle. And, Periods are supposed to be terrible, but if it's too terrible, then maybe that's bad. But you know all of them. So
1: I and, it, and even not even that that you were like I didn't have the symptoms, right? But we had been told, like we've talked about,
0: that everything was that fine, everything like, is
1: okay, yeah. and whatever symptoms we may or may not have I'm dismissed a little. We're bit. yeah, we're dismissed as like right. not this is not the situation. So it, it wasn't just that we were ignoring symptoms. Right. It was we were being told, it's well, so not bad. or it's probably not bad, anymore, whatever it was, right? right?
0: And it's like, but when you put them all together, so when I said that to the doctor, and he's like, but you did have signs and symptoms of this, he's like, you really did, he, I like put mm-hmm. it in here as a quote, he's like, we just have now confirmed it. Yeah. And so, now with his education and experience, to him, it's light bulb, he's like, yes. It's but very obvious. He, But he was even a little suspect prior to the surgery, he's like, you know, it could be endometriosis causing these cysts on your ovaries that they were able to see with the mm-hmm. vaginal ultrasound. He's like, or it could be PCOS. You know, we really won't know until we get in there. So once he got in there, he could visually look at it and it was confirmed. So um, I just wish that once again, there was more awareness out there and different things to help women look for this. You know, And I know that it's surgery and different things like that and insurance could be an issue. But at the same time, I. You know, I want to strive to help our fellow couples out, you know, and right. find a solution quicker. Mm-hmm. So, um, so anyway, so the doctor went in there and he talked about how the selective HSG, which is where they would fill my tubes up and let them drain. Uh, both of those tubes were inflamed on both sides, um, could have been caused from the endometriosis. I think that was like the higher probability, but it also could have been related with the PCOS. Um, mm-hmm. And He said that you know once this is open now. This is open for like a few years He didn't give like a specific time frame like five to ten years, but he just said they'd be open for a while Yeah, you know, um, and then he talked about how my left ovary was covered in cysts so much that it was entirely smooth Um, and so and you want it to kind of have some crevices like a brain or like a raisin in Mm -hmm. a sense Mm -hmm. to um know that that's a normal looking ovary. Mm-hmm. So with mine being smooth, there were no crevices.
1: Right. Basically, it's just so swollen that yeah. the so full of cysts. membrane or whatever it is, the, ovary, yeah. the skin of the ovary has been stretched like a balloon.
0: Yeah. It looked like a fatty tumor. Smooth. It was kind of yeah. weird. Yeah. Um, and then my right ovary had cysts on it as well, but it was not entirely covered. There was some good tissue on that. And he had suspected maybe that's possibly even where I ovulated from this past cycle. Um And then endometriosis that i had were in two spots um one is close to my bladder and then there's another spot that's kind of close to my vaginal rectal area um and the one that was near my bladder looked like darker to me on the pictures with like little nodules and stuff and when i asked him about that he's like that's nothing you know weird or unusual he's like we see stuff like that all the time um, his only concern with, since it was close to my bladder is that, um, doing the robot, they would just want to be careful and maybe have like a urologist in for the next surgery just because he doesn't know how deep it is. You know, mm-hmm. like sometimes you can have endometrio- endometriosis turn into admiosis, which is when it goes through the tissue of the uterus. So he's not sure if this endometriosis is going into like deeper into my bladder or if it's just superficial. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um... And then had the scar tissue on my cervix, so you know, I mean, we we fixed one thing, we got rid of bad precancerous cells, and then my cervix got stiff with scar tissue, and so I get he said that could have been another reason for mm-hmm. infertility for that past year. So um, cleared that off, so that's all good. Um, and so I have some stats for you guys. I. <laughs> After the appointment, you know, he was on the phone with me listening in and stuff, but I went into the car and I just started filming myself because it was so much information. And I love my doctor that he gives me the stats because that's what I mm-hmm. appreciate and I appreciate his research. But um, evidently with partially blocked tubes, yeah, so he said 64% of the time this is from endometriosis and it's because the inflammation is caused by the hormonal imbalance in the bad cells. Uh, so... That's probably why he was suspecting that was more higher the case with me that the endo had caused my tubes to be partially blocked. And then I did officially ask him like, do I officially have the diagnosis of endo and PCOS? And he said, yes. Because of the amount of cysts on my ovaries that classifies me into the PCOS, even though I don't have the typical symptoms, like I'm very regular, um, my hormone levels are normal. Um, other things that they look for sometimes that give an indication of PCOS that I didn't necessarily have. But seeing it visually, I am confirmed in my left mm-hmm. ovary during this procedure was worse than my right. So, and I did look up something earlier, it, I did find a legit mm-hmm. article, but um, I was just comparing what the, the chances are of having endo versus having PCOS versus having both. And it said PCOS, in this article, this was one of the nationally certified institute's um, article, said it was 20% chance of having PCOS as women, so a higher chance. Some other articles I found said about 10 to 15, but this one said 20. And then endometriosis was the same in multiple articles, 10%. But to have a combination, one article said it was 10% to have PCOS and endo, and another one said five to 10. So it is rare to have both, and maybe that's why it got missed because my symptoms were, you know, a mix of the two mm-hmm. or, you know, like I said, I think endo was more suspicious, um, from previous doctors than the PCOS, but officially have both. So if you are ever questioning that or whatever, um, you know, this laparoscopic really, unfortunately it was surgery, but it really did give a lot of information to know what was going on. And so now when I'm trying to treat something, I'm trying to treat both and not just one over the Mm -hmm. other. Um, so another thing back with like the ovaries and I did some research on this too. So my ovaries that the doctor looked at were what my left one was four um, millimeters or centimeters. I can't remember. And then the other one was eight. And so normally the larger one, that's why they were suspect that that had been maybe the one I ovulated from. But, um, you know, given the information, sometimes ovaries can be three to five as well. And, but when my doctor said he was like, no, that's, those are normal size ovaries. Mm-hmm. So even the size of my ovaries were normal. So that's why I got, probably got missed on the other yeah. ultrasound. I mean, you got to be
1: centimeters. Yeah, I, th- I,
0: think yeah. So. I think so.
1: Millimeters would be, yeah. Really small, sorry. I'm but very yeah, much I have centimeters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have centimeters written in my
0: notes, but then mm-hmm. I double checked myself. Okay. But anyway, it's just another indication to where possibly that's why it got missed from even when we went to the fertility clinic to when we were talking Mm -hmm. with the doctor about IUI or an IVF, you know, we did a vaginal ultrasound there. They didn't see any cysts and my ovaries were within normal range, just like they are now. Mm -hmm. And so um, even though I have the cysts and everything like that, because sometimes that's an indication, they're way bigger because they're like super swollen and full of cysts. So they're... Beyond that eight centimeters, you know, yeah. but mine weren't so that's yeah. another reason that the laparoscopic really provided Yeah information. Yeah, so um, So anyway, you know, good to get that transvaginal Transvaginal ultrasound, you know, because that did, did provide a lot of information And I would even suggest to you if you get it done at a certain part of your cycle Like at the fertility clinic, they got it. They did it on day three And then with the NAPRO doctor, I think it was day 19 or something. So I had already, oh, day 26, I had already ovulated coming up on my cycle and they were able to see it. So by that time, like the hormones had, you know, amped up a little bit more Um, and so maybe that, and that's a God thing that also got shown, but taking that during different times of the cycle, I think would be huge for an advancement in our women's health and catching this stuff. So, um, so, kind of like what I had mentioned about like the endometriosis, we know that there's going to be um, the special robot, um, which is why it was taking a little bit of time to schedule the appointment. Um, we had to kind of work with our schedule and their schedule to yeah. make sure the robot was available. Yeah. So, um, we want to make sure it can be used so that it can get that spot close to my bladder and like I said, the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, for the ovaries, um, we'll kinda of find out on the day of surgery what he decides to do. He plans on like doing like a revision of my ovaries to essentially like take like a little he showed it as like a little pie cut.
1: Yeah.
0: Um to essentially like decrease the volume so that it yeah. can shrink down to like that brain like thing. I don't quite
1: have it. my brain wrapped around exactly how it's gonna work based on how he described it? I feel like but it's
0: more or less kind of like if it's an inflamed balloon, you kind of do a little puncture and you allow it to. Is it gonna like
1: take stuff out from inside? I don't uh, know. I don't That's know. what I was That's like. That's a good question.
0: Yeah. I was like it to make it like, smaller. I think you would have like to. It would so I don't... be to kind of remove and drain some of the cysts. Yeah.
1: I'm, so, I'm interested to yeah. see what, so we'll and we'll you let guys you guys know yeah. if anybody knows. Feel free to write it in the
0: comments if you know. anybody that has ever had this done, this is, I didn't know that they did this stuff for PCOS. They don't do it for every case um, because they want to make sure that it's successful and everything Mm -hmm. like that, depending on, so maybe it's because my hormones are in alignment and certain other things with my health. I have Mm -hmm. no idea. Um, And he may not do this. He did tell me he definitely will do it on my left. He may not do it on my right. He's like, he's going to look to see how it's looking since there was some healthy tissue there. So we will
1: see, we'll see. Yeah,
0: we'll this one's kind of still
1: a little black boxes. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just kind of a little bit out.
0: more when he gets in there and mm-hmm. what he does. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't even know what he's going to start with first, if he would remove the endo first and then do the ovaries or he's going to do the ovaries first. I don't know. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> but positive note. Yes. He did tell us that when he does this type of procedure for the ovaries, for the PCOS, that it increases the chances of a pregnancy 70 to 90%. Yeah. So hopefully, I mean, it doesn't mean you won't miscarry again, but it means that there should be more of a successful ovulation attempt and these would be better follicles. Yeah, like raises
1: so, the odds up right. to 70 or right. 90% right. chance of success. Right. Yeah. yes. Yeah. So
0: we are, whew, optimistic for that. Mm-hmm. Um, Do know that after this surgery, though, I mean, I would love it if we got pregnant by the end of the year. I mean, that would be amazing, and you guys can still be praying for that for us, but in reality, I have to remember, my body may need a few cycles to get regulated, because even after the surgery in August, like, I'm still having some weirdness in my cycle, and this is my third cycle, Mm -hmm. second full cycle since the surgery, but third um, third, cycle, starting into the third, Yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. but, um, so yeah, I mean, I, uh, started back on all of my supplements. I did add in some alpha lipoic acid, which is another good antioxidant and good for your liver and for your, uh, control with like blood sugar and different things like that. And that's what I'm thinking for the PCOS, but it doesn't hurt for the endometriosis. Um, I added the NAC, the N-acistiline. Ac- Oh man i shouldn't even try it but you, it's <laughs> essentially um it is another thing that's a good antioxidant for like cell regeneration and like health and different things and it's been proven to be helpful for pcos and endometriosis and it's actually even mentioned in the it starts with an egg so i had heard of it before and i think back the beginning yeah. of this year i had us both on it for like yeah. a month or so we'll write see. it up on
1: the screen mm-hmm. sure in the video <laughs> When we do the I think
0: editing And like acetyl so. cysteine is what it is. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. But um I did start a little bit with the Get Project Life tea again, I will admit to you, I have not done it the past week and a half, and that's just because work schedule's been crazy and I I think I've kind of gotten a little bit in a Well,
1: you and you enjoy not being nauseous. You know, <laughs> Plugging my <laughs> nose. Plugging your nose. It works, you that know.
0: tea I still say that tea has been the best tea that I've tried of all the teas. As far as working, it's not result. the best not tea case, to drink, case, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, I am really hoping, you know, for my chances to improve, our chances mm-hmm. to improve, mm-hmm. um, you know, I do wonder so with some of the stuff that he's fixing, like, even in the sense with the scar tissue on my cervix that he fixed, like, what's to say that's not going to come back, you know, yeah. like, I mean, she burned off stuff and looked at it, and then he just burned off and cleaned off stuff. I'm mm-hmm. like, I mean, cells are going to be regenerating between, right? to fix the the trauma. Right. So I, don't I mean, know. it's no really another question to like ask. Just
1: him. crazy everything, everything that he's done that he's found, right? Like we've talked about. Mm-hmm. But he's, like you said he's optimistic, yeah. right? And
0: he has been I very mean, he's encouraging,
1: confident, yeah. in, like from what he from what we talked about before until what he saw with the laparoscopy, you know, confirming what he saw, he's like, that's kind of what I expected, Mm -hmm. and, you know, and he's still saying, he's like, yeah, we can fix it, it's, you know, we're going to get you in that direction, Mm -hmm. and now we're kind of at this, I think we talked about it a couple of episodes ago, of this balance between we're excited... Mm-hmm. But like this Cautiously cautious, optimistic yeah. excitement of how excited should we let ourselves mm-hmm. get, mm-hmm. right? And I think you know everybody listening that's gone through this is probably nodding their they heads can. right now of what like, saying. of like you know it's kind of scary to to let your to allow yourself to be fully yeah. Especially, I mean, it, now you know. we've
0: been going through this for over four years now. But I mean, even if you're listening for yourself, if you if it's been the six months or the year or whatever, it's one of those things to where you've gone through that heartache and things not working, and maybe you've moved on to the next steps of finding out what to do, or you're, you're talking about it, and somebody gives you a little bit of hope, and you are hopeful. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, you're like, well, what? Who says this is really going to work, you know? Right. But I do. I mean, like, with our doctor, you know, he sees this all the time. And like I said, I'm very hopeful in his optimism. Yeah. And hopeful in, in the God that we serve. That's you right. You know, because he that's where we're at. Yeah, led that's us to point. him. And, you know, as you guys know, we hope ahead. And we're striving for that. Doesn't mean that it's easy. Um, thankfully, I've been very, like... Um, distracted leading up to this surgery mm-hmm. but it, it hit me like these past few days and like oh, it's it next be, week. Yeah. It's next week and yeah. what are we gonna do and what are we gonna do and then another recovery time and is this gonna fix this? Is this gonna cause more problems? You know, like those things that your mind can spiral down into. Mm-hmm. And but just knowing that God is in control. He's the one that led us here and this is our path right now and he is he's still with us, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those where we're like, shoot, why did it have to be this yeah. situation? So, yeah. but you know, I, I uh, even back to like with what the doctor was saying uh, when things were good or whatever. So normally with PCOS, um, another indication is the AMH. Normally people have an AMH that is higher than four and because that means you have a lot of follicles right because you haven't been ovulating and things are not working the way they're supposed to but like I said my cycle is very regular I ovulate every 27 to 29 days um and so we got my amh tested the very beginning you know after the miscarriage a year after the miscarriage and it was like 2.58 which was good for my age at the time I was 36 maybe 35 almost turning 36 Mm -hmm. and then the following year in 21 um i was 36 at that time and you know i had started in with some coq10 and it went up to um, 3.3 and then i had it checked again last fall just to kind of make sure things were so good and it was at 3.0 so all of these numbers are great and you know like amh is not an end-all be-all in my case it's great because it's showing I have plenty of um, eggs left over and everything good for my age since I am 38 but I also wonder were any of those numbers slightly faulty because of the PCOS and you know it just got missed because once again I was in that normal range Right. so who knows right <laughs> but um and I don't know even if like when they test all my numbers after the surgery, they fix my ovaries, and they shrink to their normal size, and mm. they're not full of all these cysts, what is that number to right. me? So, like I said, all these things flowing through my Right, mind. all these questions, <laughs> yeah. And I did write to my doctor, and he was, he was very wise in what his response was, but it wasn't what I wanted. Right. I wrote him in the patient portal, like, all of my questions, like, about some different things that I had been compiling, and he's just... He was very, he was like, well, you know, these are all excellent questions and, you know, you bring up good points in the research. And he's like, but this would better, this would be a better discussion to have at your follow-up in appointment person, in person with yeah. me. And I'm like, yeah. well, shoot. No, yeah. I want answers now.
1: Yeah. Nobody wants to write a big, long email. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I, mean,
0: so. I think I wrote about four questions in the thing. And so it probably would have taken a little bit more. Yeah. So, but, um, but anyway, um, you know, we did have a discussion at the end of the appointment, and these numbers may be slightly skewed. I was trying to ask this as well, but he did tell me there's been recent research in the past two years that generally women coming into the office with, like, the heavy bleeding, the painful periods, um, other signs and symptoms of endometriosis, it's about, I think it was, like, 65 to 70% of the time that it they are diagnosed with endometriosis, but women coming in without these symptoms but coming in with a miscarriage and infertility it was 90 percent mm-hmm. of the time it was endometriosis i do remember that number that number was 90 percent. So i was like whoa like, it was so high but i can't remember if it was 65 to 70 for the other um so anyway just very fascinating to finally have some answers but to realize that it's so prominent yeah you know yeah so
1: and and so Impactful, like I think we've mentioned it before, of the four issues mm-hmm. that he found, mm-hmm. any one of them by themselves, he said, good would have good. probably prevented us from getting pregnant. Yeah. So, I, you know. My
0: body literally was like this to right. yeah <laughs> <I was> like
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's like, if he gets past this one, we've got these. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> barrier free. after barrier yeah. after barrier.
0: But, like we said, we now know a reason. And in a sense, but, um, so the scripture that, um, I chose for this week, you know, when we go through this, it's either him or I that are choosing these scriptures. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I've been going through, you know, we're coming up on the end of the year and you know, this whole story, it kind of just keeps hitting me. It's like, why is this our story? Why is this happening to us? And you know, why is this our cross to bear? But you know, we're able to help people. I can't tell you once again how many people have reached out to me mm-hmm. from this podcast and like just opened up about it. It's been psychologically good for me and for us, you know, to talk mm-hmm. about it. But um, the scripture that came to mind was, this was the one, it's from 1 Corinthians 12 9 and, and it's talking when um, Paul is, you know, kind of asking God because he has like an affliction, like a thorn in his flesh and he He's talking about, like, you know, I asked God three times, like, please remove this from me. Please remove this from me. And God's response is, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And then Paul responds, he goes, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. So, you know, just with us going through this hard time, you guys going through this hard time, like, these weaknesses, these struggles. I mean, God is glorified through it all, and He is shining through it all. You know? I Mm -hmm. mean, things are all hunky-dory and perfect, right? We tend to not look at God as much. We kind of turn inward, like Mm -hmm. it's on ourselves. Like we're accomplishing it. Yeah, like it's us. Mm -hmm. And through this whole journey, I mean, even just each step along the way, where God provides an answer, provides a new friend for me, or... For Ryan, it's an opportunity to share. It's like in in this moment of weakness and struggles, God is sufficient, you mm-hmm. know, and his power does rest on us. Mm-hmm. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: sorry, a little emotional there, but just okay. kind of brings it all back around, right? Yeah. So, I am supposed to close this in prayer, but do you mind closing I can do that. Yeah, I
1: can do that. Yeah. God, thank you again for today. Thank you for just his podcast, for... Uh, giving us the courage to be open and honest with what we're going through and what we're struggling with. And we just pray that this would um, reach the ears of those who need to hear it, uh, whether watching or listening in. Um, We just pray again that this would guide, just guide those to you that need uh, your peace and your rest. Mm -hmm. Um, Thank you again for Naomi sharing her personal experience through this as well for me adding whatever I can and thank you for today and we just pray for all those that are listening. Amen. Amen.
0: Yes. Thank you for joining with me in this
1: journey and thank you guys for joining with us on this journey
0: and listening in and we'll see you again soon. Yeah. See you next time. Bye guys.
1: Bye.